0: Love, talk, radio.
1: This is the Naked Talk with Alex Okoji. It's all about straight talk with some of the biggest global icons, leaders, entertainers, motivational speakers, authors, life coaches, relationship experts, social advocates, and extraordinary friends as they treat themselves their experiences and share their unfiltered thoughts about life issues. I believe in stripping the lives and empowering the mind through the freedom of expression. I'm unapologetic about being open, so I motivate my guests to tell it like it is and help my listeners build a presence of mind while finding their voice. So it's all about the best in authentic conversations with real people about real life experiences so let's keep it i'm filtered i'm scripted i'm censored and i'm caught you're welcome to today's episode with Alex Akurji And yes, my name is Alex Akurji and I'm broadcasting live all the way from Lagos, Nigeria, the heart of Africa. Yay! So people, what's going on? <laughs> well the last time um I was here last week, uh last week radio, yes, we had two amazing no, not two. We had several amazing guests on this show actually. On Top Wednesday I had the very special uh, you know, my very special guest, Joan Trepper. Joan Trepper uh is an American citizen, advocates for wrongly uh for the wrongly convicted. Um and yes, we did have a a fantastic round table conversation with Joan Trepper and there was also um a Mac Saxon mayor all the way, you know, the report us uh, the CEO of The Reporters, Inc., uh, he was here also, joined us, you know, the Roundtable Conversations, Joan Van Hilton, um, American author Nina Bingham. There were several people on that, you know, on that roundtable. Oh, yeah, and Johnny Johnson, too. And we talked about, uh, you know, wrongly convicted citizens, and we tried to raise that voice of innocence for them. And there's so many people who are being convicted and paying, you know, paying the price for a, a crime that they – else you know, probably did commit and that's happening and the numbers are growing every day. And so we had that amazing conversation and they also talked about the innocent uh convict. I mean a documentary that um um Max Saxon and the reporters Inc. are putting together alongside um uh, you know a- or Saviour uh you know and it was just amazing to have that conversation really. It was pretty interesting and we kinda of had this very healthy discussion about it. Now on Friday radio special, you know, I had another guest, Kali Kergo, very famous, you know, award winning Nigerian actor, writer and T V personality. And he was here to basically share his renewed you know, his renewed spiritual connections and we talked about quite a number of things and his uh, journey sort of discovering himself and um his, you know, new transformation. So it was, you know, we had two amazing conversations on Top Wednesday and Friday Radio Special. It was a fantastic week. And this week on radio, I'm even more excited. I can't wait to speak, you know, to my very special guest today on the show. And I'll tell you a little bit more about her. But just before we do, I mean, if you missed any of those conversations or any other conversation we've had on this show, don't forget, you can catch it at our archive. you know, just come back to the radio channel. And visit our archives. It's archive 24/7. You can, you know, listen to any of the, you know, any other conversation. Or of course, you can find them at our syndicator radio networks. We're on Stitcher, and we're also syndicating on iTunes. We're syndicating on TuneIn. So yes, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and TuneIn, and of course at my official blog, uh, and catch up on any other conversations that you missed. And don't forget, you have to follow us. Make sure you follow us. Leave your comments, reviews, and share. You know, if something catches your attention, share. You Make sure you share with others. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter as well, at Alex Okurgy, and I will be connecting with you. Now, um, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Venture Naturals. And Zincher is really about, you know, the finest handmade, yes, I said it, handmade products, beauty products crafted out from the best natural fruits and organic oils. And I can tell you, they're all made right here in Africa. And yes, they're giving you <laughs> know they're doing giveaways. So I've got great giveaways for those you know for anyone who's gonna call in. You can get your chocolate made handmade soap, or your moringa, or some carrot soap. You never know. And of course, you know our friends at Evolution Magazine as well. Evolution Magazine is all about bringing to you the hair side of life, and they give yourself hair a voice. And you can find them at www.evolutionmagazine.com and, of course, our friends at QTB Entertainment and Events. They're all about the a, you know, the best of A-class entertainment and events, and you can find them at www.qtabevents.com. Now, that was enough. <laughs> well, guys, okay, uh, what's been happening? Have you gotten a copy of my book, The Naked Truth, Life Stream, Aha! Uh-huh. Don't forget you can find it, and you can get it on my social website. Now, this book is an intimate guide. You know, that sort of offers wisdom to those who have struggled or perhaps are still struggling to accept the truth about who they really are, what love really is, life, and just different kinds of, you know, different aspects of your life. And, of course, you can find that at my official website at me or any of your favorite online retail bookstores. You know, it's on Amazon, it's on iBooks, it's on Bands and Nobles, and, and, and you know, anywhere else where you feel comfortable uh, getting your books. So uh, I can't wait for you to, you know, read it, and let me know what you think. You know, you can always write me and give me your feedback. Um, yeah. So, guys, uh, what's been happening? Have you, you know, how's your week been so far? Uh, tell me, tell me, tell me. I have to say thank you, first of all, to all of you. You know, I get your emails. You guys write me all the time. I try to respond as much as I can. I can't respond to all the emails, but I just wanted to let you know that I get them. I appreciate it, and I love you. So thank you so much. And keep it coming. You never know, you know. It's nice to get, the, you know, all the suggestions, all the great reviews and great comments, and just, you know, be able to connect with you on an intimate level. So, hey, feel free to, you know, like me, you could always send, me, or if you have any, you know, any suggestions or contributions you want to make to the Naked Talk, always feel free to write the Naked Talk at gmail dot com. So yeah, to the show. Hey, it's TNT, 44 and of course <laughs> she is a prolific contemporary novelist, a philanthropist, an avid blogger, and advocate for the LGBT equality and animals. Uh, you know who loves to write about the beauty of love and life, and has garnered raving reviews from her fans, followers, and fellow authors. With so many bestsellers in her kitty. Now we're going to talk about that because she, you know, she has, you know, she writes in, uh, you know, lesbian, you know, lesbian fiction. You know, she's a lesbian fiction bestseller, best-selling author, and she's passionate about positive believing, community awareness, and of course, taking action. And without much further ado, I wouldn't like to keep you guys. Uh, how about I connect with my guest, Susie Carr, live all the way from Maryland, if I'm correct.
2: Hi, Susie. Hi, Alex. Thanks so much for having me on the show.
1: Welcome. It's so nice to have you here on the Naked Talk with Alex Gurje. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Meanwhile, how is it where you how's the weather where you are?
2: Oh my gosh, Alex. It's so cold today. It, it's probably one of the coldest days we've had this winter. It's, we've been really blessed with warm weather. Um, even the trees were starting to bud about two weeks ago, which was very strange. <laughs> kind of scary actually. Um, but today winter came and it was so cold. The wind is blowing and my face was freezing. And I just kept saying, okay, this is normal. This is, this is winter. <laughs> this is what it's supposed to be doing. But I can't wait for Spring. <laughs> well,
1: you know, can you imagine? And that's you know, that's just what's so awesome about, you know, the because it's really cold where you are and it's very hot where I am, so you can imagine like, you know, <laughs> it's very hot all the way here in Nigeria and it's really cold where you are, so I guess you know Absolutely. that's you know, totally what worth... Okay. Um, you know, first of all, I'm so excited to have you. Here. I have been waiting, counting down to this very, very moment. And it's not always that we have, you know, a think you know, novelist like you. But um, you know, for the sake of those who are listening, wherever they're listening from around the world, um, you know, some of them who may not have come across your work, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who would you say? Who would you say Susie Carr is? I mean, how would you describe yourself?
2: Who would you Myself. You really okay. Well, I am a woman who keeps an incredibly crazy schedule as a writer. And I say that because all of my readers that connect with me understand that I I wake up at 2.30 in the morning to be able to indulge in my craft of writing. And I do that because A, it's my creative hour, and B, because I have a full-time job on top of being a novelist. And so I need to get in all my creative work before I go to my full-time job, because once I'm there, it's really hard for me to um, have the creative energy afterwards to be able to write the kind of stuff that I write. So anyway, I am a writer who just loves getting into my characters. I love getting them into some trouble and watching them as they kind of bend with the curves to try to get back on track. Um, You know, honestly, I can think of no better way of spending my weekend hours than creating these brand new worlds where romance and drama and everyday tribulations mix together into this kind of literary cocktail that entertains and teaches not only my readers, hopefully, but myself, too. I learned a lot of lessons from my characters, Um and in addition to being a writer, I'm also a mommy to a fabulous diva of a boxer named Bumblebee. I just love her to death. And you probably will hear her barking. She actually just had a little barking tirade because the kids are getting out of school and they walk by my front window and she's going crazy barking at them. She's saying hi, but they probably wouldn't say that that's what she's saying. <laughs> Um, in addition, I'm also a health nut. I just love, uh, I'm focused really heavily on health and eating properly, taking really good care of myself. Um, and so I, I guess I'm a little, I would call myself a healthy obsessed with that. So um, mm. that's me in a nutshell, really.
1: Mm. Okay. Um, you know what? I, I was going
2: to ask you this. I mean,
1: I know that, um, you know, books for a lot of authors are a pretty, a, you know, pretty, um an influential part of their lives, you know. I was going to ask you this, uh, you know, what authors have inspired you, or what books, you know, is there any particular book that you've read that has totally just, you know, had, you know, totally has a, a massive influence on you. Sure. On your life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I read a lot. I'm a bookworm. I'm always trying to read a book. Um Sometimes I read two to three books at a time, um, a nonfiction book and a fiction book, usually. But I have to say, there's one author who is my favorite, and his name is Paulo Coelho, and I may have pronounced mispronounced his name because I, I have an accent, and so I'm, I apologize if I miss miss uh, you know miss said his name. Um, but anyway, his books, oh, they've deeply influenced me. They've influenced my way of viewing the world, uh, the way he writes he allows the reader to feel as if she's entered a part of his soul really. He has this deep understanding Ooh. of human emotions and his words, they reach out and they grab a hold of the reader. Um his one of the favorite books that he's written um is The Alchemist. And in a nutshell, this book Ooh. is about believing in dreams and it's about the search for Ooh. spiritual enlightenment. At least that was my big takeaway from it. So he Heavily influences my writing. I love his style, and he's a role model for me in the in the writing world.
1: Oh, wow, wow! And um, I, I know how important it, you know. I mean, for writers, how important it is to always make sure that you know you can, you know, find out what other people are writing about and you know sort of get some some takeaways. So I think that's really, 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 really awesome. Okay, I'm going to ask you this. I know that um, you write a lot about, you know, lesbian romance and lesbian fiction and the beauty of women falling in love with each other's lives. Uh, But what exactly is it about this particular genre, you know, that kind of interests you and Mm motivates you to, you know, start writing?
2: yeah. Right. Well, writing about, writing lesbian fiction is, Mm. I would put it as home for me. There's the love between women to me is a beautiful thing. And I love to explore that through my writing there. I think that a writer has to be intimately connected to what she writes or he writes. And there is no spot that I can intimately connect with more than in lesbian fiction. Now that being said, um, being authentic and being your show is about Mm -hmm. authenticity. Um, If, you know, when you first asked me to come on the show, I I did communicate yeah. to you that your show just looked so awesome, but I was so intimidated. <laughs> and the reason I was intimidated yeah, is because you are all about the naked truth. You are all about authenticity, being true and <laughs> facing your fears and just putting them to the wayside and, and, and living your life true to yourself. And mm-hmm. the reason why I was so afraid to be on your show is because many years back, about four years back, I wrote a blog post. And I wrote, I I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to let my readers Mm -hmm. know a little bit more about me, a personal glimpse into my life. And I am a bisexual woman, and I'm married to a man and a wonderful person. He is my soulmate Mm -hmm. and my best friend. He loves me and accepts me and makes me feel safe. And what more can I ask for? And what more can anybody ask for? And when I wrote this blog post, unfortunately, um, I received a lot of feedback I was not expecting. And it hurt me a great deal. I received hate mail. Um, I received hate email because readers – a few readers believed that I had no right writing lesbian fiction if I was bisexual and it floored me. And I, I couldn't understand this because I am a huge supporter of LGBT equality and rights. And I support them. I donate to the no hate campaign monthly because I believe in it so much and I want more awareness and more equality. And for someone well, for more than one, many people to come to me and lash out at me because I am living my true life. I am, I am bisexual, and at the time, I had, I didn't have a problem with myself being bisexual, but other people did, and so I immediately went into hiding on all my personal life. I took the blog post down. I, um, I believe my my sales suffered in the months that followed, um, and. It was a really hard time for me. I'll be honest with you, and it's taken me—I've for four years—I've—I've I've hid from this fear of of somebody asking me that question about my sexual orientation or my relationship status. And so I've just become very sure. private. And I believe that hiding behind that fear is not healthy. I am proud of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of my—I'm proud of my marriage. I've been married 21 years. I mean, that's just to wow. me. That's a that's a huge um, an accomplishment. And, achievement, accomplishment, and achievement. Yeah, that's that's probably the better word. And for people to be upset that I'm that I, that somebody loves me and I love that person is just crazy to me. And I refuse to live that way anymore. And here's the crazy thing, Alex. When you uh, the morning of um the morning that you contacted me you sent me a message and you asked yeah. me if i wanted to be on your show that very morning i um i do a lot of meditation and i'm listening i mean i'm in a program right now with john asherf um mm-hmm. neuromind okay. and that meditation that morning was all about how fears limit us and trying to discover what are what that limiting fear is because a lot of us have that and I knew exactly what my limiting fear was, and that whole meditation was about learning to observe it and go around it and realize that on the other side of that fear is, 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 is a life worth living and, and to be authentic about it. And so I thought, wow, you know, that was, that, was, that, was a, that was my message that morning. And then like an hour or two later, I received a message from you. And to me, I was like, wow. You know, I really believe in the law of attraction, and I believe that the, you know, things, things worked out where you came into my life with that message at the right time, and I felt sure. like this, this has to be, this is, this is the show that I'm, I'm going to stop hiding. I'm going to face my fear, and if people do not like the fact that I am bisexual, writing lesbian fiction, well, that's their problem. That is not my problem. I'm happy. I love writing lesbian fiction and I'm going to continue to um uh, because the the stories inspire me, my characters inspire me and I love it. So why not? That's my passion.
1: Absolutely totally I totally agree with you and you know here's one of the things um you know the naked talk is the one place where you're not allowed <laughs> You're not allowed to apologize for being who you really are. Um, so I think that, you know, this is really, really amazing and I you know, I'm very honored to have you here on the show. Um I I'm told, so, you know, I remember when you did share that story with me, mean, I was totally like flexed. I was like, Why? Why would people people feel Like, she should have been writing. I mean, first of all, it's fiction. It's a work of fiction, right? Um, I know so many authors who who write about science fiction, not necessarily because they're scientists or, you know, or (laughs) who write about crime, not necessarily because, you know, they live in the underworld or they're law enforcement agents or anything like that. And so I feel like, you know, the fact that – so I don't feel like it takes away, whether you are or not, or whether you, you know, takes away from the work of art, right? Mm-hmm. And you tell the story beautifully, and you, ex, you know, express um, uh, a reality for some people. And I feel like, you know, they should be, I feel like people should be, you know, be happy that there's someone who kind of gets it, you know, who gets their world, well, who understands it, and, you know, so, first of all, thank you so much. I think that you're so brave, just being here and just, you know, coming out and not being worried about how people feel or what people think, you know, because that's thank the you. truth, like you said. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But i was going to ask you this. Your husband, does he read the mm-hmm. books? Does he read your books? I mean, how does he feel about it? Does he get excited, you know, about <laughs> the characters?
2: Yes, he is a big supporter of mine. Um, he's read he's read some, and he um, mm-hmm. he's wonderful. You know, I had this idea about a year ago that I wanted to narrate my books through audible mm-hmm. and so I okay. you know, went through this whole big learning curve and it turned out that the first the first rendition that I sent to audible did not get approved and the reason why is because my recording my recording room was just so loud I have I live near an airport um, and I didn't have the proper setup. So I learned what the proper setup was. And, you know, this is how supportive he is. He, <laughs> he built me a recording studio in my basement, you know, so that I could record my books. And it took him a while to do it. Invested a, invested a lot, wow. learned a lot how to do it. And, you know, to me, that it just meant a lot. That was the biggest gift he could have given me. But he's very supportive. Um, and he was very encouraging for me to to come on the show and, and talk about things. Um, he's a very private person and, you know, and, and I will continue to maintain privacy of my personal life, keeping it separate from my professional life, of course. Um, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to live under that veil of, of missed opportunities. And here's what I mean. For years, I wanted to go to, um, To conferences within my genre and maybe Mm -hmm. do some speaking and some teaching and and just mingle and, and meet my fellow authors and I've always had this fear that I'm going to go there and someone's going to ask me you know so are you a lesbian and then I'm going to have to say I'm bisexual and then and then there's going to be an awkwardness and it's just a fear that I've ingrained in myself from that one moment in time mm. that's irrational, because that's what a fear is anyway, right? They're irrational. And mm-hmm. so I've passed up that opportunity year after year after year. And this year, um, the Golden Crown Literary Society's conference is in Washington, D.C. It's 30 minutes from my house, and I'm going to it. I'm going to go. And I had to do this wow. in order to feel like this is the time to just talk about myself and not be afraid and be proud of myself and go to this conference and just enjoy myself and not worry and you know so that's one aspect the other aspect is i've give, i've i've passed up opportunities to be on to to be interviewed because i've been so afraid of that question and i think this is so ridiculous it's really irrational and it's time to just knock it out and that's today that's it turning over a new leaf <laughs>
1: Exactly, and I'm very, you know, you know, this is really, really, really exciting in a way because I think sometimes, I'm, I think that's, you know, what's great about, it. you know, expressing yourself and being authentic and being open is that, you know, you just kind of find your, a new part of yourself, and I think that you should never pass up because, first of all, you have all these amazing stories, you know, bestsellers, and people love them, and you understand what it is to, you know, create this world, you know, whether or right. not you leave that in reality, in reality you know, it's totally, you know, the fact that you you have the ability to create this world and you're entertaining people and they love it. It's not any reason for you to, you know, to lock yourself away from the opportunities that, you know, come to you. But let me ask you this, and I know this because there are lots of people listening from around the world, just before we continue with our conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Hey guys, wherever you're listening, don't forget that you can join this conversation. You can join the conversation with my guest. At Suzy uh, Carr. Uh, you can, uh, just again, you can join the conversation. You can call into the show. The number to call is plus one, two one five, three eight three, three seven six six. Um, plus one if you're calling from outside the US. Of course, if you're calling from within the US, then you dial as a local number. Call two one five, three eight three, three seven six six. And you can speak with my guest if you want to um, ask Susie a question. Or you want to ask me something or you want to contribute, or you you know you know you want to praise her for for the amazing boldness and courage that she's showing, whatever it is you want to do, or you want to ask her questions <laughs> about you know um her as an author, feel free to join this conversation. you can also call in your Skype for free, just hit on the Skype button and you will get connected to the show. Or you can get in the, you know, you can get in the chat room, get into the institute chat room and leave a message, and it will be read right on the show. Or tweet at me. You can send it at as, as Alex, O'Connor, and of course I will uh, read your conversation. So, um, Susie, hi, Susie. Hi. <laughs> hi, Susie, can you hear me? Okay. I sure okay, can. I was going to yep. ask you this. Uh, and, I, and you know, this is usually a question that someone asks first. Now, the reason I didn't was because I kind of wanted us to get, you know, break the barrier, you know, strip sure. off. The cover, you know, pick up the cover and just, you know, so we can, you know, get into um, some real talk. But I was going to ask you, I mean, how, how exactly, when did you start writing? How did your journey, um, in, you know, to writing begin? Sure. As
2: an author? Well, I've always loved books and I always had a dream of being a writer. And so I actually, you know, I, I actually didn't start writing until I was in college and it was a college professor, actually, who started to inspire me. I, mean, I guess gave me some confidence that maybe my writing was worth reading. I had written a, a speech. I was a speech major. I would do public – it was public speaking. And so one of the assignments was to research a topic and present it and try to persuade my classmates to take an action. And that particular speech was about um, bone marrow becoming a donor, getting your name on the list to become a donor, and after you know, so I researched it, wrote a paper, gave it to her, and we had this conversation where she's like, you know, this is the kind of stuff that you know, this is really really powerful, and you're a great writer, and and I would suggest recommend that you forward this to um to magazines and things of that sort, and so she just got kind of the ball rolling, think me thinking. Hmm, maybe I, you know, okay, so she she thinks I I can write. So let me explore a little bit more. So through college, um, I worked for the magazine, the literary magazine, wrote some poems and edited and things of that sort. After college, I ended up, you know, I just ended up in a job. I ended up in a job because I needed money, and it was in the financial industry, and I hated it. It was the worst job ever, and I, I stayed there for several years, longer than I should have, and during that time, I would dabble in short stories. I took some writing courses, things of that sort. Um, nothing ever really took off at that point. Um, but then, then I decided, you know, I want to get a job as a writer. How can I do this? So, I ended up volunteering. I ended up writing what I knew, which was at the time I was, I, I, I also was a hairdresser. So I started volunteering my writing for hairdressing magazines and they would publish my stuff and then i also volunteered for a local animal advocacy group here and i would write their newsletter and i would research topics and and write them and those were my published clips, meaning that now I had like a whole year's worth of published clips, and I could go and apply for writing jobs, and that's what I did. I ended up applying for a few writing jobs, and I landed one as a professional writer for a, um, a manufacturing company in the craft industry, and so what I did was I kind of took that role and made it my own, and I said, you know, let's, let's create a fictional short story um, a continuing story, I should say about a an aunt and her niece and their their time on Saturday mornings doing crafts, and you know the mm-hmm. I'll, Throughout the story, the characters will grow and they'll learn from each other. And so that's what got the ball rolling for me, was I started writing this story called Needle Time, and it just took off. <laughs> and people were subscribing and reading it, and, and it just got the fire started in me with fiction. That was, my, that was my fictional writing start. And then from there, it just I ended up brainstorming the fish room which was my first novel with uh, a friend of mine and that was my first lesbian fiction novel and when I started writing that the fire the fiery passion in me just ignited I knew I was home that was it that was my venue and ten books later
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's you know that's that's really awesome because you know why why did I ask that I mean, you have, you've written so many books, and I know you say it's just ten, but it's so many because, um, you know, for someone like me who's just reading one book, and I'm a natural writer, so uh, when I think about it and I realize how um, tedious it could be, you know, to put together an actual book, and then yeah. you have someone like you who's reading like nine or ten. I think like you're you kind of have, like superpowers or something. But let me <laughs> ask you: Do you have any strange writing habits? I mean, I know you said you wake up at two two thirty a.m. <laughs> in the morning, which is weird because that's the time I I write as well. You know, you know, for my blog. Mm-hmm. I think I, you know that. I think there's something very you know noctural about. Uh, autistic people, but yeah. let me ask you, I mean, do you have any other strange writing habits? Maybe you write naked or. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I don't write naked, but <laughs> I, um, I, I do have some rituals and one of them is I meditate okay. before every writing session, mm-hmm. just to clear the head. Mm-hmm. I, I put on my meditation music and I deep breathe for five to 10 minutes. Nothing's strenuous, just five to 10 minutes so I can clear my head. Um, that's, that's, that's a ritual that I do. Now, another thing that I do when I am in the brainstorming stages of getting to know my characters is before I write the actual story, I sit in a chair and I have a notepad and I put myself in one of the characters' heads, the, each each day is a different character And I journal from that character's perspective. So I'll sit in that chair and, 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 you know, let's just say the, the book I'm writing, the book that I'm releasing next month is The Dance. And one of the main characters is a beekeeper and her name is Brooke. And so I'm going to journal as Brooke and I'm going to talk about my day and I'm going to talk about what uh, what kind of feelings I had today and who made me mad and what what made me happy and how did I feel about Jackie the way she looked at me and and all of those kinds of things. And so this way I intimately get to know what's going on inside Brooke's head. And I think that to me that's that is a very important step for me to take before Mm -hmm. I even write the novel because I need to understand these characters at a very deep and intimate level and I only started doing this I would say about uh, when I wrote The Journey somewhere that was about three books back so this is a new Mm -hmm. kind of process new system in my writing and and I love it I'm so happy that I started doing that because it really really works for me (laughs) I don't know if it'll work for everybody but it's just it it's it's enlightening and it takes that yeah. to me it takes that blank page that the whole scary blank mm. page that writers run into and like oh god i don't even know what to mm-hmm. write well this takes that away mm-hmm. because now you kind of have something that you can write you can segue off of that for your first scene and mm. you don't have to worry about that blank page anymore
1: wow i think you just yet such an amazing tip and even though I don't write, you know, so far I haven't started writing nonfiction or anything like that. I do write screenplay for movies, so mm-hmm. perhaps I could adopt that. You never know. That could, that could come in really useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, while, while we're talking, while we're talking about you know your characters and all of that, I was gonna, you know, something just you know caught to me. Uh, which one of your characters would you say is probably most like you?
2: Oh gosh, okay. Let's see. There's so many characters I wrote. <laughs> I have to think for a minute. Um, yeah. I would say gosh, on a on on a certain level, Willow from Sandcastles, because she is somebody who is deeply involved in holistic healthcare and wellness and meditation and yoga and I just got her. You know, I just, I just got her. I felt her. Um, She's also a psychic, which I'm not a psychic. I'm kind of, I do have, you know, I'm not even going to go there. (laughs) I'm not a psychic. (laughs) I might have little, little, little things that I can pick up on, but that's about it. I was intrigued by Willow's psychic ability. um, Just, like I said, these characters, when I start to write them, they, they sort of take me on a journey. And I don't even know sometimes what's going to come out of there out of their characters, uh, they teach me things. It's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating uh, process.
1: I can agree with you. Uh, you know, but I, I was going to ask you this, um, you know, Sandcastle, wasn't that the one that, uh, you know, got nominated or, you know, was second runner-up for?
2: Um, yeah, it wasn't second runner-up, but it was a runner-up for the uh, 2015 Reign okay. o- yeah um in the yeah. let's see contemporary lesbian fiction general fiction category as well mm-hmm. as best lesbian book um runner ups in those two categories so i was so excited about that uh, that's the first time that's ever happened i've had honorable mentions before in that in that award mm-hmm. in in those awards but mm-hmm. to be a runner up was really special just it it mm-hmm. i don't know it just made it just it made me feel like okay maybe i'm on the right track maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, as a writer, you're always a person's always going to have the doubt that, gosh, am I writing the right thing? Am I on the right track? You know, do I really Mm -hmm. suck? And people are just, you know, saying, oh, you know, no, it's good, it's good. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I think that self doubt, that self doubt, self talk, comes into play sometimes with artists. And this just was a really nice uh, feeling, having that, having that runner up.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Okay. You know what, Susie. How about we take Let's take a quick commercial break we take a quick commercial break Don't go anywhere We'll be back Okay You're listening to The Naked Talk With Alex Okorji You're listening to Autographed copy of The Naked Experience by Alex Okoroji from Timid Girl to Confident Woman. It will make you laugh, it will make you cry, it will make you cuss, but most of all, it will be a great resource for you and your loved ones. Log on to www.alexokoroji.net to reserve your copy and win two VIP tickets to the book tour and match. Back, and if you're just tuning in, and well, this is still the Naked Talk with Alex Kirji. And yes, I did chat it with my very, very amazing guest. Yes, she's an American novelist, uh, a philanthropist, uh, an avid blogger, and yes, she writes lesbian fiction. Yes, get with it. <laughs> well, it's been so amazing having Susie Carr here. And we've been talking, you know, just before we went on that commercial break, we're talking about her journey. You know, as a writer, experience, and just which yeah. Last time, just before we went on the commercial break, I think I asked her, uh, you know, which one of her characters was you know really most like her. Um, yeah. So if you're just joining us, don't forget you can be part of this conversation. Yes, you can pick up your phone and call. The number to call is plus one two one five three eight three three seven six six. If you're calling from outside the U.S., uh, if you're calling from within the U.S. dial as a local number two one five. Three eight three three seven six six, or use your Skype button. There's a live Skype button on the player. Use it or chat room. Well, yeah. So you know we've been having such a great conversation, and you know Susie has been really naked, very authentic. You know, just share with us her journey and her passion. Um, so hi, Susie. Hi, are you there?
2: Hi. Yes, I am.
1: Hi. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, you know, just before we went on um, the commercial break, you did say, you know, well, we talked about the uh, Sam Castle, you know, getting some sort of acknowledgement, um, and you did say, you know, sometimes, you know, we authors, you know, authors, just people, sometimes, even just people in general, you have self-doubt, you know, when you're doing something, and um, you think, oh, am I doing enough? Is it good enough? What do people really think about it? Uh, but let me ask you, if you were writing lesbian fiction you weren't writing in that genre, let's speak. I always have to say lesbian fiction so that, you know, for a lot of people here in Africa who may not really understand what that genre, if I say let's speak, then they may not really know. So, um, Right. But if you were writing, if, if you were writing that genre, um, what kind of, what, what genre, what what other genre would you be writing? What kind of book would you be writing if you weren't writing that?
2: Or would you love um, to
1: write if you weren't writing that?
2: Well, it's, it, all right, so this year I decided to also start a new book project in addition to a new lesbian fiction novel. I'm going to be writing a self-help motivational book and I'm going to be actually partnering up with a wonderful talented photographer, Amanda Robertson, Robertson, um excuse me, from Australia, and she is going to be taking beautiful photographs of her garden and her the national parks around her. And we're going to be using that as a backdrop for essays that I'm going to write on things of like h- how to have a good life. Um, things that will motivate wow. people. Mm-hmm. Um, things, of, mm-hmm. things that talk about being present and teachable moments and, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. taking action on things that are important. And it's just a book. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I blog about these items. I blog about these topics Mm -hmm. and I really enjoy Mm -hmm. digging deep into those topics. And so I thought, you know what, this is a time Mm -hmm. to write a book about it too. So this is the year I'm Mm -hmm. delving into that genre as well. And really that's been something I've wanted to do for a while. And the time just came upon, um, upon me and Mm -hmm. the opportunity came upon me. I met this wonderful, talented Mm -hmm. photographer um, she's, a, she's the same photographer who is credited for the cover of *The Dance*, which is this beautiful shot mm-hmm. of, a bum, of a honeybee dancing in mm-hmm. front of a flower. It's the most beautiful thing. You can see the honey mm-hmm. dripping from mm-hmm. his wings, her wings, I should say. And mm-hmm. it's the most beautiful photograph. It, it just touched me emotionally when I first saw it. It actually brought tears to my eyes because wow. it summed up, it summed up the just the beauty of of honeybees and the message I'm trying to get across in that book. And so anyway, we mm-hmm. met through we met through her wife, Jenny Lee. Um she's also a, a read mm-hmm. she's a, a friend and a reader that I met um through my books. And it's just wonderful partnering wow. up with people. I just I love to do that. So I'm excited. <laughs> well wow. that's you
1: know that's great and I think that you probably you know you've probably gone a lot of uh You've uh, a lot of experience, basically. So, I mean, writing a self-help book would definitely be very helpful to your readers and your fans because you can share your personal experience or your personal perspectives and thoughts about a lot of things that you know and have experienced. I think that's truly, truly amazing. Okay. So, you know, we're, we've been talking, I mean, so, you know, today we're talking about uh you know, overcoming negative curves, and you 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 took like your first step, really. <laughs>
0: you know, <you're laughs> overcoming
1: one particular curve. But you know, just talking about curves, I know that you know when someone has like a goal or uh, a vision, right, and they mm-hmm. designed a path that they would take. You can decide to take whatever path. and then sometimes you get to a part, and you might need to take a bend or a curve, you know, to use mm-hmm. you know to use it that way. Um, what would you say, you know, is probably one good curve? I and, mean, you know, we can have good curves and bad curves. You can take a good curve that could take you right where you're going to. and You can take a curve that might you, know, you might get lost. But what would you say is one good curve that you have taken as regards your career as a novelist?
2: I would say the biggest um, the biggest success story with a curve that I've taken is – volunteering that time, those two times. I encourage Mm -hmm. people, um, I encourage people to explore what they want to do with their life. Okay, you get one life, that's Mm -hmm. it. Explore what you want to do with it. Mm -hmm. Don't spend it doing something that makes you look at that clock every minute waiting for it Mm -hmm. to go by. Okay, so when you Mm -hmm. find out what it is that you want to do with your life, don't use the excuse of, but I have no experience. No one's going to hire me because you know what? There are ways to get that experience. And the best way you can get that experience is volunteering. Get out there and volunteer. Go out there and shadow somebody doing what you, doing the thing that you want to do. And to me, that was, the, that was the best, best move I ever made was saying, you know what? I don't need to be paid for what I'm going to write here. I just want to write this stuff because I'm interested in it and I want to share what I find out through the research that I'm doing. And that resulted in getting my first job, which resulted in writing my first fictional piece, which gave me the confidence to write my first novel and so on. Now, another curve that I'd like to, that I'd like to say, because, Mm -hmm. and I think this one is going to, is going to hit people who, aspiring writers who have not yet been published is when I first wrote The Fish Room, Two Feet Off the Ground, and Tangerine Twist. I wrote three novels without without any of them being published yet. I just wrote them and of course I pitched them to the publishers within my genre which at the time there really weren't a lot of them but I pitched to all the major ones. And unfortunately, I was rejected, which is usually the case when you're a beginning novelist. It happens. I mean, it's to be expected. And I was discouraged. I was very discouraged. And I remember sitting down with a friend of mine and saying, you know what? I don't think this writing thing is what I'm supposed to do because at every single turn, I'm getting rejected. And now it's starting, to get on my, <laughs> it's starting to get on my nerves and it's starting to hit me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I feel really bad about my writing at this point. And I don't see a future in it. So why should I continue writing if, there's, if nobody's going to read what I write? And my friend squared, squared off at me and said, you need to keep writing. You, if you love writing, that's the only reason why you should write is because you love to write. You mm-hmm. shouldn't write for money, you shouldn't write for publishing. You write because you love writing. It's it's one of those it's one of those um it's one of those careers you get into that
3: there's mm-hmm. a lot
2: of blood, sweat and tears. And it's it's a lot yeah. of work if you want to do it right. So I took this and I said, you know what, you write. So I started writing my fourth novel. Well, during that time I went to a seminar. I went to a fine an invest, an investing seminar. And I'm sitting there in the front row, and the person who was presenting was presenting on a financial, uh, a financial strategy on how to invest on the yeah. stock market. But then he – at the end, mm-hmm. he put up a slide with his book, and he said, I wrote a book about this strategy. And he said, you know, when I first tried to get this thing published, I was rejected by 20 publishers. He said, so you know what? I invested in myself, and I said, I'm going to publish this myself. I'm going to get an editor, I'm going to mm-hmm. hire the right people, and I'm going to get this thing published, and I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to open up my own publishing company, and I'm going to be in control, because no one's going to tell me I can't write a book. Mm-hmm. And I immediately went home from that seminar, and I went on to Amazon, and I learned about CreateSpace, which is the print version, you, you can set up your print books there, and then I learned about mm-hmm. Kindle, and I said, I'm going to do this. So I went... I opened up a publishing company, went to a CPA, started an LLC, opened that up, hired an editing team, got some beta readers, um, and, you know, I've got a background in graphic arts and and stuff like that, so I had that part already set up, you know, that was squared away, and I just made sure that I had a good team behind me and that my books would be in the best shape they could be in, and I, I published them, and that's how I got started. That to me, that curve was not stopping at that bend where people said, "No, we're not going to publish this. This isn't what we're looking for." Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't Mm going to stop there. I worked too hard, and I loved this process. And no one was going to tell me I couldn't do it. And I'm so glad I didn't listen to them. I'm so so glad. And you know, there's it's along through the years through all the books I've written, there's been huge Mm -hmm. learning curves. I've made mistakes, I've but I've learned from them, Mm -hmm. and. I have mm-hmm. a process in place that I've. I get. I refine it as I go along, and you know, yeah. with each book, the process gets more and more refined and more and more polished. And sure. you know, the goal is sure. to write what's in my heart, enjoy the process, and learn learn from it. So and I think it's it so
1: amazing. I mean, I think it's so amazing because I mean, we're talking about one positive. cause. you took kind of like took your future into your hands and you're like you know what well, you guys kind mm-hmm. of know. I can't do this. And I, I think that that's something that a lot of us, you know, um, have to learn to do. I mean, if you're passionate about something and you trust, you know, you have insights, you can see your future, I think that as you go, other people are going to end up, you know, believing that you have that gift. If You you know, if you just stick with it and be persistent and just go ahead and do it. And then at mm-hmm. some point, you know, everyone's going to be forced to see what you see in yourself, you know, that's something that I shared before, so I totally can resonate with that, I can resonate with that but you know what Susie, oh, we've been talking we've been talking for so long, Um, how about we, let's just take a quick, let's take a quick musical break um, mm-hmm. this song is Don't and since we're talking about Positive Cubs and how, you know, you didn't give up how I played this song by Scott Kohlkopf he was a guest on the show sometime uh, oh yeah, he was at uh, our first anniversary special and he did perform a live on but this is Don't Thank you. Porgy and yes, you're uh, you know I'm broadcasting live all the way from Lagos, Nigeria, and I have been speaking with my very special guest. At Susie, uh, I keep saying that because I think it's sweeter. i have you know speaking with my very special guest, uh, Susie Carr, and she's been you know sharing quite a bit of us, uh, bits with us. Sorry, about her writing journey and just you know her life as an author and just her accomplishments and you know so it's been a letter, rather rather very interesting. Um conversation, so guys, don't forget uh you know um you can be part of this conversation. It's interactive, uh, call in if you want i I getting a lot of messages on twitter, um, sorry, on via whatsapp, sorry, um, so you know, I probably should ask Susie one question though, but hi, Susie, hey, can you hear me? Hi, yep, okay, hi, okay, so, so we talked about you know the good curve, you know you, one one you, know, you talked about two good curves you could have made, you know, your sort of career as um a novelist. But let's talk about bad curves. Um is there any one bad curve you can think of that you probably took, you know?
2: Bad curve that I took. You know, I, I Yeah. I'm an optimist, so I view <laughs> I view moves as learning lessons. Um so yeah. I think that every curve we take is worthwhile. Mm. Unless, of course, we're Mm -hmm. hurting somebody, then no. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. As long as we don't Mm -hmm. hurt somebody or ourselves, I think that any curve is worthwhile. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've made mistakes. Sure, I've made mistakes. I mean, um, Mm -hmm. and I've learned from them. I try to learn from them and move forward. Those are regrets. But, you know, sometimes I think that regrets should (laughs) never really serve as hindrances, just as learning lessons.
1: Very true. Yeah. Very true. I very, very true. I would get asked that though. Do you have any regrets? And i like, no, I don't, just lessons. I just you know, learn lessons. So until right. totally, you, you know, relate relate with that. Okay. Let me ask you this. I do know I mean, um if it, it, um let's say if you could turn any of your books, right into mm-hmm. a Hollywood film. Into a Hollywood film. Right, do mm-hmm. an adaptation, a movie adaptation of your film. Um, which one would you love to turn you know, turn into a movie first? And who would you cast? I mean, have you thought about it? Like you know, if you're gonna cast you know an actor playing such a character as a movie, <laughs> in your book or in your film? Who would you cast Who would the you know, design to play some of your characters, you know?
2: Wow, yeah, that's uh that's an interesting question. Um <laughs> first of all, Sandcastles comes to mind As the book that mm-hmm. I would just love to turn okay. into a movie um, mm. Gosh Yeah Um I'm horrible With names I'm, I'm going to be honest with you mm-hmm. So mm. I, I, For me to come up with names Of actresses and actors off the spot Like this is really <laughs> hard for me I know <laughs> Um, that was me trying to throw you off, <laughs> No, that's quite off that's quite fine. But let me let me try to think about this. So, sandcastles. <laughs> Leah, the main character, Leah. Oh, I,
3: mm.
2: I I would say, have you ever watched the the show Lost?
1: Yes, Lost. I okay,
2: Kate. Yes. Kate, okay. Kate from Lost. <laughs> that's totally who I picture okay. Leah to be. And, um. Oh. Evangeline Lily, I believe is her name. Yeah. Hmm. Um so she would be she would be somebody I would just love to see play Leah. Um, I would say that Yvonne, one of the characters hmm. when I was writing Yvonne, I couldn't stop picturing Kathy Bates in my head because I just kept oh, wow. seeing her face every time I read about Yvonne. Um so those two right off the bat I can say would be my choices. Um, Yeah, you know, character of Dean was a favorite for so many. He is a character who is (laughs) Leah's best friend and sidekick and really pivotal character in the book. Um, Sweet, sweet Uh soul. And he, yeah, he, I I believe the person I would cast for him if I could dream up somebody, would be... And I'm going to totally mess this pronunciation up because it's an Indian name. Mm -hmm. Um, But Adhir Mm -hmm. Kalyan. Okay. Yeah. he. he, I see his face and and he would be perfect with Dean. Perfect for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Willow. Willow was the other lead character, the love interest to Leah. And for her... I would say Kaylee Coolco. Mm. So yeah, okay. those be, those those out out yeah, those would be those would be my picks. Yeah, those would be my picks. I didn't do too bad <laughs> on that. Okay, I yeah. a little better than I yeah. thought. Exactly, exactly.
1: You <laughs> never know. You know, you might just be getting some, you know, some nods like, okay, you know, would love to turn your book into a Hollywood show. You already haven't, you know, you haven't thought of actually, <laughs> um, but you yeah. know. While we were talking, you know, I'm, I can be really mysterious sometimes, but like something just crossed my mind. So you were, you know, mentioning all of these names, and I was gonna ask you, okay, so what if you had a chance, uh, okay, if you, for example, could, you know, hit it off, uh, probably, you know, hit it off again, you know, get, with uh, one of your characters, who, which one <laughs> of them, if you weren't so happy. And you were not so, you know, in love with your husband, and you were married. And it was just you. Um, which one of your characters did you actually fall for?
2: Oh, oh that's an interesting mm. one.
1: <laughs>
2: well, I would say Brooke from the dance. She's just so okay. sensual and so earthy and just so on a level that is spirited and spiritual, I should say. Um, she's connected Ooh. to to life and and nature, and Ooh. she's genuine and loving and nurturing. Yeah, it would be Brooke from the dance. <laughs> and of course, right. nobody knows Brooke yet because nobody's read Brooke, nobody's read the dance yet because it doesn't come out till February 16th. But she <laughs> she is somebody who yeah.
1: Wow, so you kind of like you what you've done right now is just kind of put all of us on that because we can't wait to now get the dance.
2: Now that we know that
1: there's one character there that we totally get to, so we're all like, oh no, we have to read that book. We have to read that <laughs> because we have to definitely meet Brooke. So, <laughs> so you're I think a lot of people are gonna waiting. fall in with Brooke. <laughs> oh wow, well, okay, that's you know really 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 great to know. Um, so. I was, you know, while we were just, um, you know, talking, I-, I wanted to ask you, um, I know that you are also, I mean, you did mention about starting your own publishing company and you being a publisher and all. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say is the list, is your list favorite parts of writing the book or, you know, the entire uh-huh. writing process? Uh, yeah. I know that there are parts, there are elements in it that, you know,
2: mm-hmm. can she hear that? Um, I think I just missed something. Did you ask me what my process is for okay. writing? No,
1: no. I said, what would you say is your least favorite part of the writing oh. process
2: for you as culture? Okay. Yeah. My least favorite part. My least favorite part is, um, I would say, believe it or not, actually just brainstorming, coming up with the idea at first. Because the reason <laughs> I say that, there's a lot of pressure you know there's a lot of pressure and i what usually happens to me is when i'm brainstorming that naysayer in one part of my brain says no to the per- to the other side of my brain that's saying oh come on why not this is cool this is awesome let's do this um and so there's sort of like this um <laughs> this internal dialogue that goes on in my head where i second guess a lot of the ideas that i have and so that to me is a really laborious process sifting through the the self-criticism of my own ideas um and so typically what I do is you know I, it that lasts about a month and then I chisel away and chisel away and chisel away I add new things in I take things out and I say okay this is the story and that's when that's when I start to enjoy the process, when I've got a real story, a story that needs to be told, a theme, a life lesson, characters that I'm already connected with, and that's when it starts to unfold. And that's my favorite part, Part is, is getting into the writing process, my least, the brainstorming.
1: okay um yeah now i know that you probably like getting your characters in and out of trouble and just you know you're taking them Oh yeah Uh, and cats and you know cats are you know often they often find themselves in situations that they aren't sure that they can get themselves out of um but let me ask you this when was the last time that you found yourself in a situation where you probably thought you couldn't get yourself out of
2: Um, well, I would have to say that it would, it was really this fear that's been limiting me, being afraid to live authentically, um, in front of my readers. And I, I never thought that I would have the, I don't want to say I never thought I'd have the courage because that makes myself, you know, makes me look like somebody who doesn't believe in herself, but I, I wondered how I would get through that, get over that fear and, you know, I had to invest heavily in myself to be able to get to that point where I, I I could say, I can get over this now and I'm ready. And, you know, that was, you know, investing in myself, investing in, in motivational programs like John Asterisk's program and Tony Robbins and um, some of my motivational role models. And through them, I've learned to discover that I have to love my life. That's the only person who has to love my life is me. I'm the one who has to accept my life. And I accept my life. Mm -hmm. I have a great life. I'm really Mm. fortunate and grateful for that. I've worked hard for it. And, Mm. uh, you know, I try to nurture it as best I can. And how can anyone put that down? Mm. Mm. I, and
1: I, I, you know, I, I really, really admire you, you know. And you did say something, you know. Yeah, sometimes, it, I mean, if you said, you know, finding courage, it might look like you don't believe in it. But we all have these moments of doubt, especially when, you know, people, you know, hook at us. You know, we expect when we do something, we think we do, we, we do, we do something that we think is really awesome, and then people criticize us, you know, and tear us down for doing that. That can get oh, yeah. out to for anybody. So, um, yeah. but then again, it's also part of the growth. It's also part of the growth that you experience, which is either discovering yourself and rediscovering yourself because, you know, we're always going to have those moments, whether it is in our personal life or in our career or in our spiritual life or whatever, even our sure, financial, you know, we're always going to have those moments where we feel like, you know, something's holding us back. And yeah. you know, so every time we just, we every time we have a challenge, and we overcome it, we learn something, and we discover, either you know, how strong or how courageous or, you know, whatever it is that we find out about ourselves. I think that's really, really amazing. Um, yeah. And um, uh, But you know what? We were talking about accomplishments. I know that you've accomplished so many things, and one of them is having this amazing man that you've been married to um, who supports you, who loves what you do and supports you, and that's really the most important part. But, um, you know, would there be any other accomplishment or something that you would
2: consider to be your best or best accomplishment so far? Oh, my best accomplishment. Um, You know, I mean, as a writer, I think we would always default to writing a book. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that is a big accomplishment for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, for me, being a being somebody who is always looking to learn and grow mm-hmm. and develop is is critical to my core, and it makes me who I am mm-hmm. as a as a as a as a, a friend, a wife, a daughter, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like that is an accomplishment in and of itself. Is is sticking to my guns and 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 following my heart and not letting the naysayers stop me from doing what I want to do. And understanding also, one of the big things is understanding why people react the way they do. You know, when I was, I'm going to say bullied with that hate mail because that's what it was. When I was bullied with that hate mail back then four years ago.
1: Very right.
2: At first, I was really hurt, and I was really just offended and defensive, and I said to myself, once I stepped back, I thought, you know, let's analyze this. Why are they so mad? Like, Why does it matter to them? You know, they felt like I duped them, but I, you know, I never really, I, I just never talked about it. I omitted those facts, and that's my right. I have a private life. That's my right. I can do that. I don't have to disclose my sexuality, my friends, my, I don't have to disclose anything to anyone. Um, and so I felt really defensive about that, but I thought, why are they afraid? Cause that's what it is. It's a fear. It's the only reason why a bully bullies somebody is out of a fear. And, you know, I, I've, I've learned by talking with other authors who in my genre who, who are going through similar things? There are, I'm not the only one who's <laughs> bisexual and married. Um, and you know, just reading reading about their experiences, and also reading on the message boards the hateful things that are said about people who are not lesbians who are writing lesbian fiction. Um, you can, I, got, I get a sense that the fear is, you know, it, it's their personal right to know. To, as consumers To be able to choose If they want to mm-hmm. Read a book By a lesbian Or not a lesbian I mean that's, that is Their consumer right I suppose
3: mm-hmm. I don't know
2: What difference mm-hmm. It should make What my Orientation is and, In terms of my writing But you know what I'm going to give mm-hmm. people The benefit of doubt And say That's their choice And I respect that mm-hmm. Just as I would want Respect mm-hmm. for the kind Of life I live I'll respect them I don't have to agree But I can respect it So Um I think that there's a fear of losing this grip around the lesbian genre, lesbian fiction genre that for so many years, you know, it's, it's there, it's a safe ground. And, and I understand that it's a safe ground. It's a place where lesbians can go and, and and feel safe and and be around discuss and have dialogues with, with with people who understand their struggle because it, it's been a struggle for so many. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And I don't take that away.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I understand that's where the fear is coming from. So as an empathetic person, I can't be mad mm-hmm. at them for that. I can't be upset and I can't be defensive mm-hmm. towards that. That's their choice mm-hmm. to to be upset, to, to send hate mail. That's their choice. It's, it has nothing to do with me. And I've learned to accept that and understand that. And I think that's a big accomplishment for me personally to get to that point where I can say, yeah, you know what? I have to be empathetic here and we all have, we all have our choices and I respect that. Period.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I also think that, you know, they all, you know, I understand that too, but um, and that makes a lot of sense, really, because, like you said, it's coming from from places here. Um, but yeah. At the same time, you know. Um, at the same time, you you know, it's. Um, I feel like you know, you you're not. There's something that I say that sometimes you know what family is. Uh, loyalty is kind of like what makes family not yard, right? So yeah. I mean, the fact that you know someone can resonate. I mean, you understand. You're one of us because you. Get how we are and how we feel. Not necessarily because you are, if that right. makes any sense. And this is you know, this is just my thought So, you know, mm-hmm. this is my perspective that you know I don't. You don't necessarily need to be my blood brother or sister to feel like a sister to me. Thank you. Right.
2: That's so, exactly yes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So yeah, you know, you, you, may, you probably have a different life stuff, but you get us and you understand, and you're. You know, there's solidarity on that part because, mm-hmm. you kind of like, you know, you can write any other genre, really, right? But, I mean, you write this because you're passionate about this, you believe in it, you support it. That right. makes you one of, you know, it makes you a part of that system or a part of that family or that community. Let me use that community the word community.
2: Absolutely. It's part of that
1: community in a sense. So um, Absolutely. you know, I think that it's, it's important for us to open our minds here and you know look at the bigger picture, which is why I like to do this kind of show, uh, do the show because you know we can have these conversations and right. do different perspectives to to this. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, another kind of a, just another musical break. We'll be back. Don't go so anywhere. We'll be back. Okay. This is uh, Inside Out. Strumming
0: nothing, at lost for words. And this melody won't go nowhere But you'll be home soon So this will have to do And all I want to say is I love you You're all I'm thinking about Who I'm talking about When I sing my heart out in your mouth My chest It may not be my best But I just couldn't rest Till I Turned Soul skin let your grace the places no one's been
1: show uh yeah he was here on the show i think sometime in august uh 26. and yes he was you know he also came back uh with the uh well the, uh, the 15 he was part of the 15 uh the 16 um anniversary guest special uh yeah on the show and so you know it's just nice to hear a little bit of uh peter Bear uh that's inside out Uh you know sometimes you know you know how we feel about people and they turn us inside out and i think uh Susie, we are, she'll understand that, and she gets to write all these romantic characters anyway. So I'm sure that, you know, they both have a lot of uh, romantic struggle, emotional struggle, and just, you know, um, trying to find, find themselves or, you know, find their life or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. But Susie, hi, Susie. Are you there? Are you back there? Hi. Hey, can yep. you hear me? I sure okay. can. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, I know that uh, we've been talking for so long, and you know we'll wrap this up very soon. Um, but you know, let me just ask you just a few, a few more questions before I let you go. Um, <laughs> I know that, um, I know that um, you know you're you're great at writing romance, and um, you know just tell me. But is there a particular type of scene, right, in your novels, that is kind of harder to write for you than others? I mean, I know for some people, probably trying to create a romantic sequence might be really hard. And for mm-hmm. some, it could just be an action, an action, you know, maybe just some sort of action or crime or, you know, what part of, you know, what kind of scenes are really mm-hmm. the most difficult parts for you to navigate in your, your novel?
2: Um, I would say, for me, the hardest ones to write are the transitional scenes, the ones that, yeah. you know, in between the 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 introspective narrative and the dialogue comes the mm. sort of the housekeeping type of i would i would i would mm-hmm. <laughs> label it as administrative housekeeping type where you have to have those transitionary scenes to be able to orient the reader um and they're necessary, but for me, those are probably the most difficult to write because they interest me the least. The ones I love to write are those narrative pieces where I just tune out the world, I put on my piano, classical music, and I just let my fingers do the typing, and I just love creating that sort of like that magical place where I use symbolism, little literary, poetic type of language, and I just let the character take me on a ride. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Okay. Um- Okay. Now, I, I know that, um, I mean, you've written so many books. Uh, okay, not so, but nine 10. Yeah, that's a lot, actually. What would you say is your best marketing tip? I mean, if you were to give out, you know, marketing tips or how, you know, to, you know, market, uh, you know, to independent authors or new aspiring authors, uh, what would you say is your best marketing tip?
2: My best marketing tip? For your book. Mm-hmm. Um I put a lot of work into my marketing. I am a marketing professional by trade. So that is my background. Now I've been in it for 10 years, over 10 years, 12 years. Um and so marketing is a lot of work. Uh social media is my best marketing tool and Twitter, I would say, is my top marketing tool. That is the the sweet sauce for me. That's where I've met a lot of my readers and I interact daily on there a lot. I love following new people, I love interacting with people, I love talking about books with people, not, my, not even my own books, I, just, I love talking about what are you reading, all right, what are you reading, let's talk about those books, what do you like about that book? Because for me, that's where I get my recommendations for my personal reading, and it gives me a sense of what people like to write, and what is it about the writing that intrigues them? So I love to have those kind of dialogues, and I welcome people to follow me on Twitter and become part of that dialogue. I think it's crucial yeah. as a to whatever vehicle is comfortable for you for some it might be Facebook it might be Facebook groups I mean there are some very successful Facebook groups in my genre out there um and I see that they're they've got a lot of engagement and that's their sweet sauce and I think that's that's awesome that's where they're most comfortable and you know I I do I also am heavily on Facebook I have a I co Run a Facebook group, my lesbian um, the lesbian book hangout, where we discuss a book a month, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's, it's it's engaging to me. Okay, the short answer to this is engage with your readers. <laughs>
3: okay,
1: great, awesome, totally awesome. And and one of the you know I'm a big fan of uh, what's it called? So oh, I kind of feel like you know it's. Your real time, and you can really connect. I've connected with so many amazing people like you <laughs> on Twitter, <here>, so <laughs> I, I, I kind of like you know I'm on that side of the fence as well with you. Okay, yeah. um, you know what? Okay, just before we well, well, you know, wrap it up, I do know that you advocate for animals, like animal rights and all. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you care a lot about animals and you advocate for their rights. Uh, but if you were, for example, an animal,
2: which animal would you think you would be? <laughs> A peacock. <laughs> I've thought about this answer before. <laughs> my reason for that is I'll be, so, I'll stand there and, and just kind of stand there. But if you, <laughs> if you, if you make <laughs> me, or hurt somebody or hurt, I ruffle my feathers, you know, uh, I put that little peacock thing out there. Um, so yeah now what one would i like all right so that's what i'm most like but what would i really what would i want to be i'd want to be a dog (laughs) because i love dogs i love how loyal they are i love them Uh, anyway so that would be my ideal if i if i could be an animal i'd like to be a dog um but peacock (laughs) is really what my nature is i think well, I, I think you're making
1: it amazing because <laughs> yourself. So, but you know, so you know, colorful, and vibrant, and all. But um, you know what? Uh, you know, just our last question before we wrap the show. Um, what would you? I mean, what advice would you give? You know, writing advice. Um, do you? Would you share or have for mm-hmm. aspiring authors? And maybe have to, you know, just one last final word for those who are aspiring to be. As successful as you have, you know, as you are. Um,
2: sure. You you okay. Um, I have a few pieces of advice, but one real quick is read a lot. Read the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. There's lessons in both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a writer needs to read. That's the bottom line. Different genres too, not just one genre. Across the board, different mm-hmm. ones. Um, mm-hmm. Two, make sure that when you're done writing your book, when you're, when you're ready to, before you release it to the world, make sure that it's edited. I've made that. I've made some mistakes with editing and, um, I've had to go back and have some of my books reedited the earlier versions. And I'm glad I did. And that was a lesson I had to learn through some reviews. Um, but you know, that was a novice writer mistake and I would urge aspiring writers Make sure that your work is edited and don't skimp on it. It doesn't mean that you have to pay a lot of money for editing because there are editors out there who are very reasonable and fair, Um, but you just, you want to make sure that you get recommendations from people who have used that editor. Sample, ask for a sample of their work. Um, That's the most critical piece, I think, is making sure you have a good editor. Um, And then my last piece of advice, which is what I'm doing right now, is when you get it back from editing, and it's in its final stages, as you think, read the entire book out loud, the entire book, read it out loud, you'll hear different mistakes, you'll hear different or maybe not even mistakes, but just different words that would sound better or don't sound quite right when you say them out loud. You'll hear repetition. You'll hear pauses that should be there that aren't, things of that sort. Um, Uh So that's what I'm going through right now with the dance. It's in the final stage and I'm doing the final read through on it. And that is a very important critical step. (laughs) And if anybody wants to know more tips from me, I have a free writing series on my website. It's uh, writers' insights, and it's 20 short videos, about three minutes long, go over some of the frequently asked Mm -hmm. questions that writers have. It is free, Mm -hmm. and I also do have Mm -hmm. a a book based on that video series that goes into greater depth. And I've I've had um, other people contribute, experts in the industry contribute in that book. It's called Writers' Insights, and it's uh, available on Kindle for $2.99 in print as well. So, um, wow, yeah. And look, seek out read on writing by Stephen King, too. <laughs> that book is <laughs> wonderful. I would recommend that, too.
1: Well, thank you so, so much, Susie. Thank you so much. I mean, this is really being you know, an enlightening show. Um, you know, you've so much. I think that anybody who listens to this, if anybody makes a live share to catch up with the podcast, there's so much, to, you know, a lot of people are going to get empowered by the conversation that we've definitely had today. Because there's a lot of, you know, major uh, you share a lot of tips and a lot of wisdom and a lot of, you know, <laughs> you, you really do um, have shared so much. So I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for being an awesome guest on the
2: show. It was You're really welcome, to nice having you, you here. Thank you so much, yeah, Alex. So I really much. enjoyed myself and I appreciate it. Thanks for your time and your generosity.
1: You're welcome, and I'd love for you to come back another time, maybe when the dance is out and ready, and we can talk about oh, I would a love
2: little that. <laughs> I would love that. Oh.
1: Absolutely. Oh. Thank you so so much. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. All right, guys. So, guys, um, if you're just tuning in or you're still listening to us, that was such an awesome conversation with my guest Susie Carr, and she did share so 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 much wisdom today on the show. And if you know anyone who missed the show, don't forget you can drag their bus back here to the radio channel and they can listen to this at Hyde show or they can catch the podcast and feature iTunes or tune in Radio, yes, yeah, so we're syndicating all over your internet radio, so you don't have any excuse to miss this conversation. This is such a great, great, inspiring, and motivating conversation on how to overcome negative curves. And she said it all, you know, from her personal experience to her thoughts and her journey as a writer, as a novelist. And, of course, she shared some, some so much great, you know, great insight, and you can learn a whole lot more by visiting her website. So if you go to www.cubswelcome.com, you can find a little bit more about Susie and her work and all the great, you know, great that she's sharing for, you know, newbie writers and aspiring writers and even professional writers who says we can't learn more, right? So, you know, it's been an awesome, awesome talk Wednesday. I can't wait to come back here on Friday Radio Special with another amazing guest. Oh, my God, I have butterflies, butterflies in my stomach. So, yes, we're going to be coming back on Fridays. But British-Nigerian actor, Oti Fakwele, oh my God. Yes, his lead actor is The Interceptor. BBC's, you know, primetime TV Interceptor. He's, he's a lead actor. He's in all the amazing stuff. You know, in, in Hollywood and, you know, in, in the British film industry and he's half-Nigerian. So, yay, you know. Well, I can't wait to come back again on Friday Radio Special and have, have another great conversation with another great guest. And, of course, it naked. So don't forget, I always say that expression is a sign of strength, not weakness. You do not have to apologize for being who you really, really are. Um, don't apologize. Just be who you are. Remain authentic until um, so we we'll come back same time next – oh, not next week. Oh, my God. <laughs> we come back same time next – oh, you see, I'm saying it again next week. No, not next week. So we'll come back same time on Friday Radio Special. See, we keep it real here. It's unscripted, totally on court uh, You know, you know. I don't like you know you know. See, 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 see what's happening. So, I see you guys again on Friday Radio Special. I love you for listening. Ciao. This is the Naked Talk with Alex Acorsi. It's all about straight talk with some of the big.